Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. I hope you're doing fantastic on this beautiful day. And thank you so much for listening and giving us your time, your precious resources, and a piece of your heart to us as well. I am Mark Guy, your host of Speak Brave Podcast. And I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why your workspace, your office space, or let's be honest, your headspace, your mind is so cluttered with things that you may no longer need or don't even know how to use, and you may feel overwhelmed. Now, I have a special guest for you today who, can, who is certified to speak about these matters and many more. So I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Elizabeth Reed. She is a certified Marie consultant and a certified professional coach. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us, please, what do you have going on in your world just now? Just now? Well, my world has, has shrunk <laughs> because I moved in with my parents because they're elderly and there's this risk of coronavirus. So I'm home taking care of my elderly parents. Mm. So could you tell us about the work that you do? Um, I know I have learned about your work over several years, and we met at Toastmasters, which is a great nonprofit educational organization. Everyone look it up, join today. Um, but Elizabeth, tell us, why did you get started in your specific um, niche? Sure. Well, the, my, my niche of the KonMari Consulting, which is organizing and making sure that your space sparks joy so that everything in your space is something that you love, something that supports the person you are and the person you're becoming. I got started with it in 2014. Um, it's when I got divorced and I had to move into an apartment and could only take so much. And someone gave me this book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Read the life-changing magic of tidying up, which encourages us to hold each object and ask, does this spark joy? So I only took things with me that spark joy and set up a lovely place for my daughter and myself based on the principle of it sparking joy and serving us in the best way and only taking things that we really wanted to surround ourselves with. Mm. So that was the start of your journey that you said it was in 2014. Yes. Um, but it wasn't until two years later that I took it on as a career. So a couple years later, I was driving across the bridge to my office. So from my place to my work, I could see the office coming as I came across the bridge. And I looked over there and I thought I would just rather drive off this bridge then go to that workplace and sit in that same chair and stare at that same computer screen all day. So I went in and gave my two week notice and I thought, what could I do that would be meaningful, that I would like doing, that would spark joy for me? And the first thing that came to mind was, I would love to help people organize their world in a way that sparks joy for them. And not just their physical objects, but their schedule. And like you said, their headspace, 
Uh, what are you doing with your time? What are you thinking about? What are you listening to? Are these things things that nurture you and support you? Or are they things that are bringing you down? Um, so I started in 2016, I flew out to California and I trained with Marie Kondo, who is the author of that book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And it was life-changing for me to go meet her and be trained by her in the KonMari method. And then I came back to Jacksonville and uh, opened up shop and I have changed lives all throughout Northeast Florida and beyond actually because now i'm doing virtual coaching oh you're doing virtual so have yes. you been doing virtual coaching prior to the health crisis or no i i didn't think it would spark joy you remember i said one thing i didn't want to do is sit in a chair and stare at a computer so i thought i didn't want to do virtual coaching because it's sitting in a chair staring at a computer even though it's more meaningful work than the accounting i was doing before it still was not 3D, but I found that it's very meaningful. In fact, I just finished a five-week course, and one of my participants just emailed me yesterday, and she said she has gotten off anxiety medication since she took my course. That's huge. That's amazing. When she told me that, I got chills everywhere because this is why I'm doing this work, is to, to promote mental and physical health in my clients. Mm. This is very interesting, Elizabeth. Would you mind sharing with me and the audience what kind of things people tell themselves um, when they get themselves into this um, overwhelm and there's so much stuff around them? Why, why do we hold on to things? And sure. Oh, I could, I could give you a four-hour workshop on why we hold on to things. Um, a lot of it has to do at the very core with fear. And these are fears that are generational. They're in our DNA. We're holding on to things for a few reasons. One is we might need it. I might need that someday. And that is the death of decluttering. If you're holding it because you might need it someday, uh, that's if you don't need it now and you don't see a real need for it soon, it's okay to let it go. Um, another one is it's a concept of endowment. This thing is special because it's mine. And it, or it was my grandmother's, it was my mother's. Um, my boss gave me this thing, this plaque, this, uh, this little knickknack for my shelf. And it's, it doesn't add anything to our lives, but we keep it because we've given it some special properties because it's ours. Um, what I tell my clients, it doesn't have any magic in the object. <laughs> There's no magic juju, uh, like my daughter's bowl that she used to eat out of as a baby. It was all scratched up and not, not looking good, and it really didn't spark joy, but it was my daughter's. <laughs> well, you know, she's, she's a grown woman now, and I, if I hold on to her as a baby, I it interferes with my relationship with her as an adult. So it's that she, my daughter is not in that bowl. The person, grandma, the manager, the, the parent is not in the object. So that's another reason. Um, and then there's some other ones. A big one is guilt. I feel guilty because I spent so much money on this thing. 
I should keep it and use it, but I don't. Um, I had a lot of those like craft things. I bought a loom. I was going to make tapestries and it was not cheap. And I made one thing. <laughs> then it got slid back to the back of the closet. That <laughs> uh, it wasn't serving me, it wasn't serving anyone else. And actually it was making me feel guilty, which is not a healthy, positive, nurturing feeling. So I ask my clients to hold these objects and ask, how do you really feel when you're in contact with the object? And often, once they get to the heart of what they truly feel, if it's guilt or reminiscing about the past and clinging to the past, um, or it's fear of, well, what if I need it and I don't have it, um, then we can let it go. So. Yeah, so those are just a few of the reasons. But like I said, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> this is truly um, eye-opening, Elizabeth. So there's fear that we may need to use it again in the future, which I can relate to, and I'm, and I'm sure others can relate to. And then you said emotional endowment, is that right? or just Endowment. We endow the object with certain qualities that are not really in the object. Mm, okay so we transfer we transfer we see it okay and then the last one is the guilt yes guilt that may come from personal right because spend too much money or <laughs> or it could be from the person that gave it to us or but there's a, a, often a lot of guilt which is a stressful feeling and stress causes wrinkles so we like to stay away from that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I think this is this is so fascinating. Um, could you also please tell us, Elizabeth, what some of the hardest cases that you have encountered with your clients that you see as a practitioner, but your clients unable to see? Sure, um, I can think of one example. Uh, I was helping a client set up her home office so that she could work effectively at home. And we were going through all her paperwork and she had quite a bit of paperwork surrounding her father's death. Her father had died in a motorcycle accident in a foreign country 20 years ago, but she was, she had all the paperwork related to the death and the shipment of the remains. And it was so painful for her to deal with that paper that she just held it, but when it held on to it. But when she actually thought about it and thought about how she felt in her heart, um, these papers were not bringing anything to her life. She didn't need them anymore. And we were able to release them and make space for new things to come into her life. So a lot of times it's grief over days gone by when we actually hold onto these, uh, pick up and hold the object. Um, they feel grief, clients will feel grief about things that have, ended whether it was a relationship a dearly departed loved one uh you know like the beauty queen with the crown now she's a middle-aged woman but she keeps the crown from her beauty queen days these things actually don't bring joy to the client when they truly acknowledge their feelings uh, about them mm. this is just so fascinating elizabeth so as I'm thinking through and listening to you, what is some of the alternatives 
for us humans, we are imbued with emotions. We are walking, talking, emotional beings. How can we ever get over those uh, powerful, powerful emotions? What are the alternatives, Elizabeth? Well, so I would say at the core of it is living in the present. When we hold on to the past and cling to the past, it interferes with our ability to be in the moment and love our people now and do our work now because we're always thinking back to the past. As lovely as the past was, we can't live there. And so just acknowledging impermanence and the cycle of change and knowing that everything has a beginning and an end that's a cycle, that's just a life. Uh, people are born and people die and yes, it's sad that they're gone, but we can appreciate the fact that they were here and release them. Um, the same thing with, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of one client who is a writer, writer, not a writer like a horse rider, <laughs> but writes for a living and has just stacks and stacks of things that she's written. Now, those are not benefiting her except maybe as a, uh, supporting her her ego that she has been published but they really don't benefit her in the present mm. and and she's not going to use them in the future so letting those go makes room for new articles to be written and new knowledge to come in um, so it's living in the in the present as far as letting go of the past and also not being afraid of the future not storing a lot of things that i might need um, I, I, in the home office stacks and stacks of paperwork become visual to-do lists. Oh, I need to handle that, I need to handle that, but if I file it, I won't remember to do it. And that's stressful. So taking those visual to-do lists and actually putting them down on a list of, okay, I plan to tackle this action next Tuesday at three o'clock and then file away the visual to-do list of the stack makes a much more peaceful work environment. So it's, there's a little bit of both. There's letting go of the past and then planning for the future, but not trying to live in, in fear of the future. Wow, this is so powerful. I love it. I absolutely love it. Would you recommend in your practice that as we remove things that no longer spark joy and bring us joy, we digitize some records and just digitize our lives and just have it at the click of a button would is is that is that um i rarely rec uh, recommend scanning or digitizing because now you just have electronic clutter if you if you truly need it sure but the things that you truly need are few and far between you need your birth certificate other legal documents identity documents but most other things are not adding any value to our lives, especially paper. Um, so yeah, uh, things like photographs, maybe. Uh, if you, you didn't really want to have the 3D paper photograph, you could digitize that and make an album. Mm -hmm. I don't often recommend that. If you love the picture, print it, put it in a nice book mm -hmm. and give it a place of honor. But if it's just, I, I don't know what to do with this, then digitizing it is not uh, any more healthy than keeping the 3D object. Um, 
paper rarely sparks joy. So in an office, throw them all away is a good, uh, just to throw them all away. Only keep what you really truly need. I imagine this, I imagine you co-create this and you nudge and you create this path for your clients to freedom. Would that be accurate to say? It's a, it is freedom. I've heard that from so many of my clients. It's freedom from the worry and the guilt and the time that's spent organizing things that we don't even really need or want in our lives. Um, you know, one of my clients was just about to go out and buy a giant file cabinet credenza filing system. And once we sorted all her papers, she only needed a small box. <laughs> there was the, what was truly needed. Um, so you asked how to do this, and it does take intentionality. Um, and that's why people hire a coach like me, but it's possible to do it on your own. I did it on my own in 2014, but it's emotional. It is emotional to deal with these objects from the past. There's disappointments and uh, losses and all those things, but it's, it is possible to do it on your own. It just takes a, you know, intentionality. I'm going to do this. That's the first step is deciding that you want to do it. Wow. And uh, this is so powerful. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that we are able to discuss this in this, in this way, in this manner. I feel that this information will be so helpful to so many listeners right now. Um, there's no secret. There's major health crisis that is uh, encircled our planet. And I think it gives, gives and may have given some people points and time for reflection. Do I really need this? Okay, let me hold it. Let me hold it. Is that right? Is that what it is? Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to yes. hold things. And, and mm -hmm. so if I understand this, so there's a lot of feelings, right? So you hold it and then you, is that the question you point to your consciousness and say self or how do I feel? Yes. And actually the Japanese word is tokimeki, which means heart flutter. So tokimeki, how, how do I truly feel in my heart? Does my heart do a little flutter when I hold this or do I feel a weight? I could tell when my client picked up those papers about her father's passing, I could see her body sink. And, but when a client picks up something they really love, which there, it's okay to love. And I'm not talking about the kind of love we have for people. It's not that kind of love, but there are objects we love more than others. And when I see a client pick up something that they really love, I, they brighten and they lift. Mm. So it's, but it's feeling in your heart, tokimeki, that's heart flutter. It's not, what do I think? What do I think about this? Do I think I'll need it? It's more, how do I feel? Wow, this is just so interesting. And we got to make sure that we get all your contact information because you will have plenty of fans reaching out to you, asking you for more and working with you. Um, Follow-up question on the clutter in your mind space and then in your physical space. So let's say I have decided to clean up and decided to do this today or this weekend. What do we do with all this stuff? Do we sell it? Do we give it away? Do we... Uh, put it in a nice gift package to say, hey, guy, hey, friends, here's my free stuff. What is the best things you have seen? Uh, not the last one. We don't want to transfer our clutter problem to other people. 
I did that when I first decluttered. I gave my parents about 50 books. And, and then I transferred my book clutter to my parents mm -hmm. because I, I felt guilty. Here I spent, if you think each book was maybe $10, that's a pretty big investment in paper, right? <laughs> Bindings. But uh, donating is a great way to, to feel good about what happens to your objects after they leave you. Um, paper often needs to be shredded or destroyed, but definitely not just transfer your clutter to someone else. <laughs> um, selling, people are often surprised how little their objects are worth. Uh, so garage sale is rarely worth the time uh, and the effort, but some things could be sold online. If it's furniture or more high-end things that can be sold. I discourage my clients from worrying about selling. And really that's the, like the last step is what do I do with these things? The first thing is the sorting and putting, putting up and making a home for the things that you really love. It is so beautiful. This is just amazing, amazing, amazing wisdom, Elizabeth. So we are coming to um, the end of the interview, which I think is just um, truly remarkable. What I would like to know, Elizabeth, is this. What's next for you? Yeah, so I, I have expanded my coaching beyond the decluttering of objects to the decluttering of the body and the, the idea of building optimal health by clearing away what doesn't serve. I lost 50 pounds myself, and I'm so excited to share this gift. So I'm combining it with the, the same, it's the same concept, but different tools with nutrition and movement. But my clients are seeing great success there. Mm. So, mm -hmm. so you will be using your considerable knowledge and practice and expertise combining Con Marie consultancy? consultant and health coach uh, yes. transformation uh, for the people who right. need the results? Right. It seems like two totally different things, but it's both about what sparks joy. So if someone is going to eat a, a large fast food meal that's not healthy, does that really spark joy or is that just fun in the moment? What sparks more joy is having a healthy body that can do all the things that we want to do. So it's the same with having a, a space that supports us, having a body that supports us and allows us to, and enables us to do all those fun things that we want to do is, uh, is key, key to our life experience. Mm. I love it. Um, I would like to wish you the best of success in your practice and your building, and which brings me to the next question, Elizabeth. What is the best way for your um, prospective clients and partners reach out? Sure. Yeah, I have a website and it has a contact form on there. And my website address is www, of course, sparkjoyjax.com mm -hmm. for Jacksonville, Florida. So sparkjoyjax.com. And 
uh, it's just a contact form on there right now. I don't have a list of things to sign up for, but just reach out and tell me what's going on in your life and let's see what we can create together. Absolutely. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly want to uh, thank you, Elizabeth. I, I, I just enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this conversation. I think it's, um, it's a perspective that is, eludes many people and we don't have to suffer. Right? We don't have to suffer with the clutter in the mind. And certainly we don't have to su- suffer in the cl- clutter with the physical space. So I hope everyone took some notes. I will be publishing Elizabeth contact form information from her website into the episode notes. So you can con- her, contact her today and see what, what kind of options are you can explore together. Thank you, Elizabeth, for coming to the Speak Brave podcast and being such a gracious uh, guest, and I appreciate your wisdom and your expertise. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you, everyone who has been watching, listening, who is my loyal followers and subscribers. I thank you from the bottom of, me, of my heart. I wish you only that in your life that you will find things that will spark joy. Uh, make sure you speak brave. And I'll see you next time.